0: to the how to love the shit out of life podcast. I'm your host Sally Ann Hurley and I'll be loving the shit out of a variety of topics with you. I hope each episode brings you insight, inspiration and positive vibes. So let's get into it. Welcome to the How to Love the Shit Out of Life podcast. I am really delighted to welcome Dr. Philip Morphew to the podcast today. Philip is a chiropractor who specializes in a more holistic wellness approach to his patients, combining mind, body and soul when it comes to healing. Uh, Last year, Philip released his first book, Soulful Reflections, a collection of emotional, moving and thoughtful poems. And he is also the co-founder of the CEO Sleepout Out which to date has raised over $50 million to support the homeless and victims of domestic violence. So welcome, Philip.
1: Hi, Sally-Anne. Thank you for having me today. That
0: is quite the introduction, (laughs) quite the resume. But I thought maybe to start with, you could actually give us some background on what you do and how you came about to work in this industry.
1: Okay. Probably what I do, I will leave for the moment, and then I'll I'll give you... Um, a little bit about how I became a chiropractor. Um, I was an exchange student in the US many years ago and I was playing gridiron and baseball and doing things and I got injured. And uh, we went to all sorts of different people to try and um, fix the problem and uh, the family I was living with suggested I go and see their chiropractor, mm. and I'd never heard of chiropractic at that mm. stage. I didn't have any idea what it was, and uh, this guy laid me on the table and did some examination and gave me what they call an adjustment, and you know, and, and you know, I felt a little bit better. I didn't feel amazingly better, but just a little bit better. But the one thing I felt was hope. No one else had given me hope. Mm. And everyone had said, oh, look, you could be living like this for the rest of your life. You could be in a wheelchair by the time you're 30, et cetera. And this guy goes, look, we've just got to release the pressure that's that's locked up here in the nervous system. And um, we'll let the body do what it does naturally and start mm-hmm. to heal. And uh, he worked on me pretty well every day for, for, for quite a while. And I regained my well-being. And then the funny thing about it is I uh, started noticing chronic problems that I'd had all my life, Mm. like migraines every second day, um, irritable bowel syndrome, uh, all sorts of gut problems, recurrent tonsillitis, which I'd have four or five times a year. Um, All of a sudden, as my body was coming back in tune and getting the harmony of the body back, Mm. um, these things started to disappear. And as a consequence, um, you know, that was back when I was 17, 18... And basically, from the age of 19, I haven't had a pharmaceutical drug in my body. Wow. Nor has my uh, my wife of almost 30 years um, since we've been together. And yeah. none of my children, 27, 25, 20 and 11, have ever had a pharmaceutical drug in their body.
0: That is incredible. So
1: I know it works.
0: Yeah. You're living through. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yeah. And,
1: and, and it's, uh, I guess that's where I get my passion from. Mm. Because I know... First of all, you know, what I do is help people regain um, their well-being from the inside out. And it has to be from the inside out because mm. the symptom or the body um, is only an end result or reflection of a level of neglect or, or, or overload within, mm. within the body and the energetic systems. So, you know, I help them, you know, we've got to discover what the underlying problem is. And it might be physical if there's mm. been a major trauma. But most, most of all, I find it's been an emotional, a suppressed emotion or something someone hasn't dealt with um, in their living years, basically mm. from birth through, or in utero. So when they're being developed, and I've been saying this for over 30 years, that the in utero period is the most important emotional development child, uh, time for any child or any, any new being. Right. Because every thought, every feeling... Every uh, experience, every biochemical that goes through the mother goes directly through that growing fetus and, and wow. child. So consequently, mm. if we look at the, the the growing baby from the inside, mm. we look at it like a brand-new smartphone or a brand-new <laughs> um, laptop, mm. but it doesn't have any viral software. Mm. And basically, if we put your laptop here on the internet, the internet today without any viral software, mm. within milliseconds it's going to be um, uh, uh, there's stuff going to be added on to that, which yes. affects its function and its efficiency. Mm. Same thing happens with the children. So, for example, a mother, and this is, in any mum's listening, it's you're not the fault, you're not the problem, all yeah. right? You're not, all <laughs> right? But it goes back through the DNA, mm. our relationship with our parents, and our parents' parents, and our parents' parents' parents, all the way back through. It gets downloaded. It's like if I get my new smartphone and I transfer all my information from my old one to the new one. Yeah. Now I'm on my umpteenth, dozenth <laughs> smartphone these days. And I've uploaded the same shit
0: mm. from to, yes.
1: To in today. So the stuff pops up and they go, Why is that then there? Like, oh god, oh delete, delete, delete. So mm. you're constantly deleting to keep your efficiency. Yeah. So I guess in the way that I practice and it's very holistically and it's you know, some people, if you use the word chiropractor, thinking, twisting, mm. cracking, banging tables, all sorts of stuff. My style of chiropractic is very gentle. It's, uh, it's very intuitive. I do a lot of vibrational intuitive healing uh, with that. I work on discovering the underlying emotional patterns or the DNA patterns, and we work at clearing those. I mean, mm. for example, I had this morning a, a, a patient who has had a chronic uh, numbness... Uh, into, her, into her big toe mm. and this ongoing relentless pain down her leg into her foot. Mm. And I examined her structurally and the structure was fine and that area of the body energetically is linked to emotions of feeling between a rock and a hard place, right. suppressed grief, unresolved grief wow. um, and, and ongoing feeling hobbled in life. and in, in, mm. in other words, not being able to fully stride forward with how we feel with life. Mm. So I discovered that, went through, and I said, so when this occurred, what had happened around that same time of the year yeah. previously? <clears throat> and she goes, no, nothing, nothing. And then she goes, oh, my God, my mum died 12 months before that and was the anniversary of her passing. Wow. And her mum had ended up with a very fast form of cancer and was basically, after, after a very strong fight, had mm. passed away with where they said she had months she passed away within days. Wow! So anyone listening who can has a parent who's passed mm. would understand the impact that that has on us. And then for dealing with her father who was still still alive, etc. So once I worked on that pattern, and it's mm. it's a it's like going through and saying we don't need that file link, mm. we don't need that link. Get rid of that. Get rid. And then starts to function better. <coughs> Got up, had a walk, and she goes, "Oh my God!" She goes, "I feel so much lighter." And the pain has reduced by about 95%. Wow. So traditionally, if you're just mm. looking at a symptom... Yeah. ..people are, are going to be manually adjusting in an area or a doctor's going to give analgesics or, worst-case scenario, or just, opioids... Yeah. ..which are dangerous, 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 um, to try and numb the symptom. Mm instead of addressing the cause.
0: Or just stay off your toe. Just stay off your toe, just sit yeah, and rest, sit it'll and rest it'll will <laughs> well, it all resolve.
1: Well actually the pain may go away,
0: yeah. but it
1: doesn't resolve. Mm. What ends up happening is the body continually compensates around it. Yeah. For example, let's look at life. Things where people compensate around it. Mm. Let's think I deal a lot with domestic violence. Mm-hmm. And and I have women and men, it's not just the women that are caught there are men who are in abusive relationships. And I have uh, uh, people that I've looked after and then they continually make excuses for the behaviour of their partner, which is unacceptable. Mm. So they're dancing around the symptom. They're Mm. not addressing the cause. Yeah. You know, it's... Like I had, um, you know, one of the biggest buzz things these days and you see it all on Instagram and everything and everyone's into their affirmations and (laughs) bits and pieces. And, you know, I had a, 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 a patient who was... I would say... It She was large. Mm. She she was carrying, probably in the vicinity of forty to fifty kilos more than was safe and healthy. Yes. And um, she came to me and she, oh, I want to lose weight. And I said, What are you doing? She goes, Well, I've been trying all sorts of diets, which number one is just bad yeah. news. Healthy, moderate eating will get you there. Mm. Cut the shit out of your life. Mm. All right. Yeah. Embrace your life. <laughs> love the shit out of your life. Um. And and. With that, she, she, uh, she was saying, Look, I've, I've been reading a book, and, and if I do affirmations, it's going to mm. work. And I still tell her the affirmation. She goes, I am a beautiful, loving human being. I am, I am fit and healthy. I am this, I am this, and I am this. Mm. And I am words are very powerful. Yes. Trust me, they are very powerful. Mm. But the challenge is, without action,
0: yeah. nothing happens. You can say I said, you Honey, want.
1: if mm. you could, you know, it's great with the affirmations, but unless you get off your bum mm. and actually go for a walk. Mm. Take positive action. Nothing changes. Nothing's gonna change. So, yeah. I guess that's a bit of a long-winded way. <laughs> why I got into no. why I got into chiropractic was to share hope mm. um, with people and to and to f- get rid of underlying causes. Yeah. And because I know the impact of the body with congested energy, mm. congested nervous system, h- how then the organs begin to fail, uh, they challenge. It's a bit like trying to drive your car down the freeway. Mm. With your foot on the brake and still trying to do hundred kilometres an
0: hour,
1: <laughs> it's under strain, and something's going to happen. Yes. So yeah.
0: Yeah, very fascinating. So, how does doing all this bring you joy and happiness?
1: Wow, that's look. As you said that, I am got waves of goosebumps running over my body mm. um, because it actually does bring me joy and happiness. Yeah. Any of those people who I've I've had the honour of looking after over my thirty four years in my career. Mm. Um, would understand is one, one of the gentlemen I've looked after, he goes, he said, you get more and more energy every year. And he goes, one day I'm going to see when you've been unhappy or you don't love it. I love what I do. Yeah. I love helping people. Mm. I love guiding people. I love giving, again, sharing, pe- sharing mm. hope with people. And I mean, I'm not going to share hope if I don't think we can do something.
0: Exactly. You know,
1: it's, 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 it's making sure... That I like. Um, that I can do something. I won't take a client on if I don't believe I can help them. Right. Never have, and never will. Yeah. So, I I, I guess the joy that comes from me is seeing someone getting more out of their life, mm. having a better relationship. I've I've seen, you know, I, I I've I've seen kids. You know, you know, um, you know, one young patient comes to mind. Well, two, I'll I'll sort of mention in a Mm. a roundabout ways, but one was a a, a 16-year-old girl, this is going back probably 25 years ago, and had chronic bedwetting. Right. So she'd been wetting the bed all her life. So, you know, you're still a young woman. Yeah. So you could imagine, Mm. what does that mean to a a, a 15-, 16-year-old girl? Number one, she doesn't have sleepovers because she's no, embarrassed. She, she, she's questioning her worth, what's wrong with mm. me. So all of a sudden her self-esteem's going down, apart from then the environmental impacts of more washing, yes. et cetera. yeah. <clears throat> so we found what the, the challenge with, with her, and I found it in utero period um, challenge, and we worked on that, and we got her to the point where I remember the first time she came in and she said, I haven't with the bed in a week. Oh wow, well, I get teary mm. now. Um the impact on her life. Mm. And I run into her every now and again at the supermarket these days and and I look at a, 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 a woman who's now a mother. She has yeah. four kids. She's done well in her life. Oh. And, and she just will always just give me a little smile and give me a little hug.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, and, and whenever I, I'll be ducking in, I'll be in my shorts and thongs and whatever, <laughs> you know, on the weekend. And, yeah. and I just get this like hug. And that brings me joy.
0: Yeah.
1: The this, this, this second um, one is a, another young patient who um again was was so fearful about going to school and had spent four probably close to four years just in the room wouldn't come out um, suffering a lot of depression, yeah. a lot of anxiety and was um, and we set a set a goal with this patient to be able to help them reengage with life mm. and through doing the work that I do, we were able to help um, this patient a young patient. Reengage and got out. I remember the first time, um, you know, this young 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 boy came in and he goes, "Philip, I went to Norrland Town Centre oh, today." Yeah. I said, "When was the last time you had been there?" And he goes, um, "He said I've never been there. I, I've oh, never been. I haven't ever been able to go yeah. to." And for those listening, it's like a the local shopping mall. So um, then. You know, He was able to catch trains and yes. he was able to go to Sydney to university um, and some great stuff. Yeah. I mean, the long-term impact of taking charge of your life and getting rid of the crap that mm. is holding you back. And unfortunately, most of the crap that holds us back, it's not conscious. We don't know it. Yeah, We just realise we're not moving forward with life fully. Yep. So to see that, I mean, it brings me immense joy. I put my head on the pillow every night and... Um, I feel very blessed and very satisfied and very grateful that people um, entrust me with their their, their their health, their well-being, their life um, as a guide, as a support. They become part of my family. Yeah. They're just not people who come to my clinic. Oh,
0: that's amazing. So any
1: of those patients are listening, you know what I mean.
0: That's amazing. I'm actually considering writing a book on how to love the shit out of work, and I yep. think you might be my case study. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I do. I love it. I, yeah. I, I, every day I wake up and it mm. drives my wife mad. <laughs> she goes, can you one day wake up when you go to work and go, oh, shit, I've got to go to work today. <laughs> I don't – I love it. I, I, You know, I'm bugging mm. by the end of the day because I give yes. all day. Um,
0: but it's worth it. Oh, my
1: God. Mm. You know, I, I couldn't imagine doing anything else with my life. Yeah. You know, and and my plan is, you know, to – and be able to help and guide and care for people till I'm well into my mid-80s or mm. more
0: amazing and
1: and I'm nowhere near that yet, yeah all right
0: he's not <laughs> <laughs> so I guess on the flip side then of joy and happiness mm. obviously challenges and obstacles so you've spoken a bit about the challenges and obstacles that your patients mm. face but within yourself, how does the work that you do help you face your own challenges mm. and obstacles? Wow,
1: well, I've got to say that's the best question I've <laughs> ever been asked. Um, many of you, and I know you have, um, Sally-Ann, but many of you have heard that uh, um, we are a reflection, uh, the world is a reflection of us. Yes. Um, and many people mirror what's happening inside of us mm. at different times. I guess every day I get to, in the work that I do, I get to understand um, myself a little bit better. I get to understand and care for myself a little bit better. Mm. Um, It is a challenge. I mean, I've had some major challenges in in my life, physically and emotionally and financially, um, you know, because I always see the good in people first Mm -hmm. and then unfortunately sometimes life teaches me a dirty big lesson. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So it, it... the challenge of, you know, when I'm working with someone, it's it's a lot of the experiences that they've gone through, I've gone through many of them. Mm. So it does bring up a bit of, of shit within me that I go, wow, I've got that, I need to let that bit go or I need to get some help myself, um, get that pattern cleared. Yes. Um, so I guess my path is good, better, best, good, mm-hmm. better, best, good, better, best. Um, and I don't think you can ever... Uh, or I'll put it this way, my philosophy is I don't think we ever truly become one with ourselves until we take that last breath. I think Mm. there are people who go, hey, I've got my life together. Hey, man, I'm really cool, I'm really (laughs) chilled. Look, I've worked with some of the greatest names um, in human development and motivation, inspiration around the world, and I'm telling you, not one of them has got their shit fully together. Mm. And, you know, the ones who are truly honest in their vulnerability um, are very powerful. Yes. Because in our vulnerability there is that understanding that, you know, because a lot of people go, oh, my God, I want to be like that person. They're so good. They're mm. so good. But, you know, everyone's got their challenges, right? Yeah. So it, it, it continually is a mirror yeah. for me. Continually a, yes. a mirror. Um, and, you know, I suffer... My own, you know, wanting to curl in the fetal position in my own time at times. Mm. Um, I am highly sensitive to energy and emotion.
0: Yes.
1: Um, So, you know, I I cry at uh, the drop of a hat when I feel emotion. I might be watching Mm. a TV show or a movie, but I can feel the emotion the other person's been going through. I feel it. I'll be sitting in a cafe having lunch and I'll be sort of wiping tears. I go, where are they oh. coming from? I have a look around the cafe and I go,
0: oh. oh yes. And there's
1: times when, you know, I will go over and I say, are you okay? Or, you know, I'll, I'll do that. I mean, I've been told to... Um, yeah, what's
0: um, the response you get? Oh, I've been to, told uh, to fuck off yeah. some humorous <laughs> times.
1: <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's like I've, I've got a funny, you know, if, you, if you've got time with yes. this one, but I've, <laughs> I've got a very funny story. <clears throat> um about that and um, um, as you mentioned I was doing CEO sleep out etc and helping that um, how I came to that mm. was um, back in the mid 90s uh, a friend of mine myself and and these two brothers created a company called natural symphonies mm-hmm. which was Australia's um, first um, commercially successful ambient music company um, and we had uh, we've got Music in the National Sound Archives. We've got um, platinum CDs, etc. From the, our time there, wow. and we created a, a, an award-winning um, uh, underwater a video documentary called oh. "Coral Sea Dreaming."
0: Wow! <coughs>
1: Had the most amazing uh, composer Tanya Rose um, create the most hauntingly beautiful music to go with it, mm. and we did that as a as a uh, as a pathway to healing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that went all around the world, did really well. So we we're doing really, really successfully. I'm running a very a, a big, busy wellness clinic. We've got that going, a couple of other things. Mm. <coughs> and unfortunately, my business partner, who was managing the day-to-day part of the company, um, um, ended up uh, being hoodwinked, is a, probably a nice word, hoodwinked by some Nigerians, and unfortunately lost focus and a few things happened. Yeah. Very beautiful man, beautiful, yeah. creative human being, lovely Person and love him to death. But he was hoodwinked by these Mm. people and unfortunately caused um, our um, amazing music company, production distribution company, to go off the rails. And unfortunately I was left holding the bag and uh, Mm. we lost everything. So I'd lost, you know, 15 years of hard work down the drain in three days. Wow. Um, At that point I was suicidal
0: Mm. and
1: I wasn't suicidal about the money. Um... What I'd done is my, my beautiful wife had uh, her, her dad had fallen on some hard times when he was, she was fifteen, mm. and went from living in a, a beautiful waterfront mansion in Sydney to living above a fish and chip shop mm. um, with all of them jammed in one little, Gosh. You know, little all, tiny little yeah, apartment. Yeah. Um, and I remember in the eighties, and, and uh, for, the, for those um, apart from great music in the eighties, uh, <laughs> the eighties was a, 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 it was a period of. Uh, um, massive success mostly built on um, um, ego for a lot yes. of people. Mm. And very few people escaped it. Mm. I got caught up in the 80s a little bit and I thought, oh, I'm going to retire by the time I'm 40. I'm mm. going to be multi-millionaire, you know, I'm yeah. going to do this. Um, I'm going to be able to create my foundation to be able to go and help people all around the world. I mm. had good intentions. Mm. Anyway, so we lost everything. Mm. And I am sitting in the gutter and I said... And the thing that uh, disturbed me most was that I'd made a promise to my wife and I'd said, honey, I'm never going to let this happen to you mm. while I'm on beside you. Yeah. And I did. And you, it did. It wasn't my fault. No. But I got caught up in it. Mm. Um, so consequently that, that feeling of, uh, uh, um, yeah, that that feeling stayed with me for a long while until mm. I was able to write the balance. It took me 20-odd years. Um, Uh, to write all of the balance uh, for for the things, but I kept my word and honoured my word all the way through. But um, the challenges that get through you, so these challenges Mm -hmm. are, whether it be physical, emotional, um, you know, relationship, all sorts of stuff, um, you know, it's... They come into play every day when I'm working with people Mm. because when you're working with people and you truly understand what it feels like, what it feels like. I had a guy who goes, oh, you wouldn't understand, mate. You're a multi millionaire, molly. I said, oh, well, I'm not actually. Mm. You know, I'm a day-to-day proposition mostly because I mostly give everything I've got away. But yeah. anyway. Um, and this guy had lost a number of millions of dollars. And I said, well, you know, this happened to me. And he goes, mm. oh, you do understand. Yeah. So all of a sudden, when you get that understanding and the door opens...
0: Changes. Changes yeah. the value
1: of the conversation... And there is, oh, I can be more vulnerable to you. Yes. I, can I can share that. I can talk to you. Mm. You understand. You're not going to dismiss me. Mm. You're not going to judge me. Yep. So th- to me, the feeling of um, all of the crap I've gone through in my life um, is one of the greatest learning tools I've ever gotten, one of the greatest teaching schools yeah. skills that I've got. Because I can speak from my heart, from my soul, from my being mm. to be able to help either advise... Guide help them understand that someone understands. Yes. Um, or better way to to help hopefully illuminate the path for them to get back on track with life. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's it creates challenges.
0: Mm, I can imagine, but it's we are always looking for that connection. You're right. You know, human we...
1: human beings, we it is human beings. Mm. It, look, as much as we have the internet and incredible stuff these days. Yeah. It's about human connection. We can't get human connection generally unless you're listening to an amazing podcast like sally Ann's uh, Live the <laughs> Shit Out of Life, Love the Shit Out of Life. But, you know, it's... it's but generally, there is no connection mm. with the internet. No, you know, either. even with Instagram. And, and I, I, I find more and more young women and young men mm. are getting sucked into depression and self-harm by looking and comparing themselves to the... Yes, the 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 false veneer pictures that people put up. Yes, you know these. You know, and one guy said, "Oh, this girl's so beautifully beautiful." And I said, "Mate, I said that picture is a beautiful picture, yeah. but what does she look like when she wakes up after being out, you know, yeah. on a big maggot yeah. day <laughs> out? She wakes up like really badly hungover, yeah, yeah. hanging out for Big Mac or something." Yeah. Um, you know what is she like after she's worked out? Yeah, you want the real person because yeah. the veneer is the veneer, yep. and the more people promote that beauty and that veneer, the, the, the further away from their own personal truth they mm-hmm. become.
0: And unfortunately, people are only putting the, the best. veneer and the best, or the best. Yeah. On those platforms, yeah. because they don't want to put the the maggot photo after a big night out. Well, some people might, but most people M- don't. Most
1: people don't, most because people you're don't. A, they're fearful of mm. being judged. Yes. They're fearful of not being enough. And, and I don't care how long someone's been out of school, mm. everyone will remember a time when they were bullied, yes. judged, put down in yes. school, whether it be primary school, high school. Yeah. And unfortunately, some of these patterns mm. still live in people, yeah. and they go, oh, "I'm going to show them I'm really successful. Mm. I'm going to show them I'm beautiful. I used to be the fat boy, or I used to be the fat girl. I used to mm. do this. Look at me now. Look at my muscles. Da da yeah. da da." And and you know, we all have different forms of motivation, mm. but the best form of motivation is for you, not anyone else. Yes. You know, yes, not anyone exactly. else. So it's yeah. it's that's the that's the
0: that's the key that's the key that it's. You know? I think people struggle with that well they do really? I see these
1: kids I see mm. these these teenagers. I had a young girl go before Instagram changed putting the likes on oh uh, yes, which is Instagram that was a good yeah, move right? I'm all for great it. move thumbs up to you, but before that she put this amazing photo of herself up, mm. and she only got three likes Oh. and you know she said but i've got ending. but she says i've got four hundred <laughs> friends sorry honey, they're not friends they're, they're not. people who You are connected to on social media. That's it. Some of them are bots. (laughs) Absolutely, and sometimes most of them are bots, right? So I said, don't feel so bad. Don't feel bad. Mm. Look, look in the mirror and go, I love you. Mm. I love you. You've got to form a relationship with yourself. Mm. You've got to fall in love with yourself. Yes. Now in this country, the challenge with that is, especially my generation and a lot of lot of people, you've grown up in. If you love yourself, you're a wanker. You're a tosser. You're full of of shit. You're all of this. You know where the truth is? We need to fall in love with ourselves. We need to have a relationship with ourselves because that inner voice is going to be your best friend or your worst enemy. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: I think we could talk all day. <laughs> I know. I just, I'm just getting wound up.
1: <laughs> I am a bit passionate about it also. Just
0: a little bit. Um, so we're talking a bit, obviously, about wellness. Mm. And we were saying off air just before about well-being and those yep. buzzwords and everything. You know, we hear the term wellness thrown around a lot. Mm-hmm. And I would like to know, as someone who works in that space, how you define what wellness is.
1: All right. My definition of wellness is... Being in tune and in harmony with all aspects of your being, Mm -hmm. or as many aspects as possible. So mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, socially. Mm -hmm. So when we, when I'm saying in harmony, that we are, um, excuse me, uh, we're in a space of alignment or a movement towards alignment. Now, a lot of people get sucked into the buzzwords. Now, I've been talking about wellbeing and wellness since the early 80s. Yeah. Everyone thought I was a nutter then. (laughs) Many people probably think the same today. But anyway, the, you know, and that was was about a holistic being for me, Mm. where these days I go, if I drink, you know, wheatgrass or a green juice... You know, that's my wellness. Yeah. No, 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 no. If I take lots of vitamins, that's my... No, 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 no. You know, it's, it's people who... You've always got to ask, what is someone selling? Mm. You know, they, what's the hook for that person? You know, it might be the vitamins or, you know... I've, I've, and, look, I've got credible naturopaths I refer to and utilise for myself and Chinese medicine doctors, etc. But there are also people out there who walk out with more pills than if they've walked yes. into the doctor. Now, I'm sorry... We don't need a pill for everything. No. That's my personal opinion. It's it's if you have a if you have a deficiency in something, yes, you need to address that, yes. and the, the aspects around that. But just giving people stuff to take because you know what, there's good money in oh, vitamins 100%. and supplements. Mm. There are shops out there now that just sell mus- muscle supplements, right?
0: Yeah. That section of all the vitamin, it's overwhelming. That's incredible. It's, it's meant to be overwhelming to get you to kind of freak out and go, oh, I need this, this, and this.
1: Exactly. Fill your little you know, basket up and off you go. Well, yeah, I've seen people walk out oh, with hundreds yeah. and hundreds. It's and you know what? It's not so so in that aspect of so the nutritional well-being, a good balanced diet. And balanced diet doesn't mean like I love my food. Yeah. Right. I'm an emotional eater if I let my mind go to that. Right. If I'm a bit sad. Or I'm a bit angry, I will tend to emotionally eat. So I have to address that within myself. Yes. Right. So a moderate diet is trying to eat things that are non-processed, mm-hmm. that are generally relatively fresh, yes. um, that we can have access. If you can grow your own, that's even better. Yeah. Um, and having balance, and, and a lot of people leave out protein. Mm. You know, some of the um, sickest people that I know don't eat any products that come from. Um, other aspects yes. of life, yeah. you know. Um, I think there has to be um, just a moderate, you know, moderation is probably the safest, smartest way to go.
0: Yeah, I think
1: you so. know, it's it's um, you know, it's one of the greatest challenges is with the nutritional side is asking yourself, what am I thinking? How am I feeling before you shove something in your mouth? Yeah. Yeah, you know, for me, I'm going, jeez, I'm a bit frustrated today. Mm. I might, you know, go, go past Michelle's or something and, yeah. and go, oh, I'll just get a mini sausage roll. Yeah. Or <laughs> well, I used to get a big sausage roll. So I get a mini <laughs> snag roll and, and, and I go, okay, and I'll have a bite. Okay. Have I satisfied that emotion? Yes. And then I, I wish I could recycle the rest yeah. of it. but I generally have to, to discard it. But I don't then eat the whole thing. Yes. And you know, I went, okay,
0: processed I've recognised were...
1: and acknowledged yes. um, mm. why I was doing it and then I've released myself from the pattern by acknowledging that and then I reclaim my power by discarding yeah. um, that pattern or that, that thing. Mm. Like, I'll milkshake every now and again. Mm. I'll have three or four sips. Thanks very much. Bang, gone. Yeah,
0: I'm good.
1: I'm good. Thanks very much. Yeah. Moderation, Moderation is it's very powerful. It is. So very powerful. Moderation so where were we going with that here. one? I, I
0: just... Well, I think... <coughs> we kind of answered the... It was about defining wellness. Yes. As you said, it is having that kind of... It's all the elements of your life yeah. being balanced or as balanced as... Yeah. And it's
1: an ongoing. Thing. It's an ongoing yeah. process. It's not just something... I've I mean,
0: found wellness and I'm good. Oh,
1: God. I'm, I see that. If I see yeah. more posts about stuff and, and, you know, and it's... Look, there's everything has its merit. Mm. And I'm a great believer in, yes. in, 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 in yoga. I'm a great believer in Pilates. I'm a great believer in, in breath work uh, yes. um, and, and everything has its merits um, but you've got to ask yourself what was your intention mm. is my intention to go to yoga because I get to wear my tights and look cool <laughs> do I look cool with my yoga mat under my, my arm and my active wear <laughs> do I actually do it or do I just yes. feel good in that yes. now if you just feel good in it you've already created endorphins in your body yes. so you might not need to do it yeah but if you're doing it for the wrong reasons it's mm. like you see people running and going to the gym and they've got these angry faces and these <laughs> strained faces and then and I'm thinking
0: why are you doing
1: you're doing more harm mm. to yourself yes if you don't do something with joy yes i'm not saying you don't get knackered no but if you do it with joy your body will right. work with you in harmony exactly. in a towards a better state of well-being
0: see i do not like going to the gym i, I like Team sport, mm. So I'm happy when I'm playing team sport. I've recently started Oztag back up and playing netball. Great. I love it. A few years ago I had a gym membership and I felt like it was a chore yeah. to go. And I was like, well, I'm wasting my money if I don't go, so I'll go. But I never felt – I felt good in a sense that I'd exercised. Yes. But I still was not fulfilled and see, hated it.
1: See, when you're not fulfilled, mm. your body builds up a different lot of emotional toxins yes. in the body. You know, as I said, do something with joy yeah. and your body will benefit.
0: Yes.
1: Do something which you have to. It's like, oh God, it's 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 like it, it, it's like watching young mothers with with babies. Mm. Baby's got to eat. Baby's got to eat. Baby's got to eat. You know. Mm. Oh, it's it's eleven thirty. am to give it its morning tea. I've got to give it its lunch. I've got to ask yourself the question: Was when do you eat generally? Do you eat generally when you're hungry, or because it's a routine? Or because oh, it's 12 o'clock, I have to eat, have to eat. even yeah. though I'm not hungry. So it's like trying to my, my analogy. It's like trying to put a, west, wet, uh, a, a, a wet piece of spaghetti through a keyhole. <laughs> it ain't gonna happen, you know. But it's the same thing with the gym stuff, right? Yeah. It's it's the 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 frustration that comes really congests the energy in your liver. Mm. All right. Then you feel like your hands are tied mm. because I've paid my gym membership yeah, and I've got to go, go, which impacts your kidneys. So if your liver's not processing the fats and, 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 and getting your body working properly and your kidneys aren't eliminating the stuff, guess what builds up? Shit in your body. And when, when at, at a cellular level, that impacts your nervous system, mm. that impacts your emotional well-being, your mental health, all of that. Yeah. So do stuff with joy. Yeah.
0: I, can I just say, yeah. if anyone's trying to get out of a gym membership and their gym is being really horrible about it? Use that spiel that you just <laughs> said. And maybe they might be a bit. Well, they might
1: be. It's yeah. it's it's. You know, it's it, so and, and but even better, mm. before you sign a gym membership. Mm. Really ask yourself, is that what I want to do? Mm-hmm. Now, anyone who owns a gym that's listening, I'm not against gyms. No. <laughs> we just want the right people there so it makes your job easier. Yes. Because when your job's easier, people who get joy and benefit from that, that's great. That's great. You know, the people are going, oh, sure, i go to the gym again. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's the same thing in my clinic. Yes. I don't want people to go, I want people to... To, to, to. see Dr. Oh, Phil well, again. I go, wow, I can't <laughs> wait to see Dr. Phil. Or, wow, well, I can't <laughs> wait to feel good. Yeah. I don't want people that just go, oh, I've got to see him. No, yeah. no, no, no I- Done with that? Because it's, not want it's not good for them. It's not good for me.
0: So I thought we could talk a bit about your book, Ooh. because you know, one author to another. <coughs> mm-hmm. um, so your book, Soulful Reflections, is a compilation of poems,
1: written word,
0: oh, written word, written word wisdom, written.
1: and written word wisdom in the form of poems and lines and oh, things.
0: That's just amazing. <laughs> Um, so, I want to get a bit about what inspired you to write it um, and also a bit about your process in writing it. Okay. Which is too. Well, very, we could be here again. We, go, we won't time, have to have part again. one, two, and three with this <laughs> okay. one. Um,
1: all right. The, 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 let's start with why I, why I wrote it. Yes. Whew. Whew. Wow. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm going to hold it together, gang. I'm going to do my best. Um, this is actually my fourth manuscript. Um, what I was doing I decided, I'm going to go back to when I was in high school I went to a local boys high school Mm -hmm. just up the railway line here and I was in uh, the equivalent of I guess year 9 so I was about 14 and I loved telling stories, I loved writing little stories. Anyway my English teacher at the time, we had a class full of 38 boys, Mm -hmm. the old pack them in sort of thing and our teacher gave us an assignment and they said, we want you to write a little fictional story um, in the old exercise book. So I wrote one, filled up 48 pages. Yeah. And that story was about a little boy who grew up on a farm and was the last in the bath because, you know, I grew up on a farm. I was always the last in the bath. I didn't have much water, so you got about two inches of water in there. Yeah. And it was pretty grey by the time you got in there. Um, and I loved it because I'd pull the curtain shower rail around the bath, mm. the curtain, and I'd imagine the bathtub was flying, and I was traveling all around the world, going to the great wonders of the world—the Great Wall of China, the Pyramids of Giza, going over the Amazon River, going up to you know uh, through the Himalayas—it's all of that. And so I wrote a little story about that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the teacher came back, handing out the things, and sitting in half the class. I'm going, jeez, I must have done well. Yeah. <laughs> you beauty, I must have done well. Hand it out, hand it out, hand it out. And there was the second last one. There was the last one. He goes, uh, more for you. Stand up. And uh, I stood up and he said uh, to me, he said, huh, did you have fun writing this story? I said, I actually did. He said, well, it's the biggest load of rubbish I've ever read, read in my life. No. And he got it and he ripped that book up in front of me and the whole class. Oh. Now, back in when I was in high school... Um, it 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 was not as cool as it is today where a young boy can show emotion mm. amongst his peers. Yeah. Um, and I had to hold back every tear in my body. And he said, whatever you do, never, ever pick up a pen. Never, ever pick up a pen. You are just an idiot. Anyway, break mine. Yeah. And uh, flash forward to, to about uh, 10 years ago and a friend of mine was coming out of a relationship, marriage, and... Um, Any of those people listening are in a marriage or have got out of a marriage. The funny thing was, uh, you know, a woman will generally make up her mind between three to five years before she leaves a a relationship. (laughs) It's just a matter of planning then. But generally, that's how she makes up her mind. Mm -hmm. And then, lo and behold, the male partner is surprised when she goes, "I don't want to be married anymore. I'm leaving." Mm. Because what did I do wrong? They had no idea. They missed all the cues, right? This mate of mine missed all the cues, mm-hmm. and he goes, "Mate, you don't know. Under- oh, I, I don't understand. I oh, had good sex. Well, you didn't, mate. She just looked and checked the cracks in the <laughs> ceiling. But it's, it's. You know, there were so, so many cues yeah. he missed. Um, and he goes, "Well, look, you you work with women. You must understand them better." I said, "No one really understands women like women understand women. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty close to it because I'm, I'm sort of almost half and half these days." Um, and he said, "Why don't you write something about?" bloody relationships and things. Mm. So I started writing a fictional story yeah. called 99 Canal Street where this very successful CEO of a big company, like my mate... Um, <laughs> sorry, mate. Um, like my mate. And, and, and I went through the processes of... of he had everything, mm. but he was missing love. Yes. And he was trying to fill every other aspect of life with things mm. to help fill that void. Mm-hmm. And consequently, long story short... He ends up falling in love with a woman on welfare, et cetera, et cetera, and she teaches him how to truly love. Mm-hmm. And it had nothing to do with sex, which is <laughs> great. All right, so i am decided, stuff this teacher of mine, yeah. I am going to write this book and get it published in the toughest literary market in the world, which is mm-hmm. New York. So I embarked on a, on a, on a series of 15 trips mm-hmm. to New York over five years and knocked on doors trying to find publishers, getting said, no, 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 wrong genre, wrong thing, wrong this. You're Australian, first-time writer. No, it's not going to happen. I had lunch with a uh, Pulitzer Prize-winning author uh, one day and she said to me, she go, oh, she said, I think you I think just give up because no-one's going to pick up on this. And uh, I, she said, I'm sorry to disappoint you. Oh. And I said, no, 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 you haven't disappointed me. I said, you've just thrown a 44-gallon drum of fuel on my fire, yeah. and you just watch this space. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the end, uh, I was talking to one of my friends who's a, a, a big writer in New York, and he said, mate, uh, he said, you're strangling your story. You're trying to heal the world through your story. Mm. And I went, I am. I am. And he mm-hmm. goes, he said, put it in the bottom drawer. Don't do anything for, for a year or two years. Don't want yeah. you to do anything. He said, I want you to to, to work on your craft. Mm-hmm. He said, I would like you to... Um, just write your thoughts, write some short stories. He said, why don't you even write some poetry? Mm. He said, you know, to help clean your mind, clean your mind. And then I called my daughter, my uh, my eldest of my of my daughters, and I was having a chat to Molly, and Molly goes, well, Dad, you know, that's good advice, because you know how you have waves of depression and from helping everyone else and forgetting about you? Mm-hmm. I mean, yes. And she goes, why don't you um, write those thoughts, create write them out, maybe poetry, phrases, whatever. And, and she said, I'm sure it's going to help your head, help clear you, yeah. help your mental well-being." Yeah. And um, so I started doing that and I wrote and I just wrote and I fell in love with what I was writing and I kept writing and writing and writing and writing and writing. Two and a half thousand poems and pieces of writing later. Yeah. Um, I went, oh, maybe I should do something with these. So I put a compilation together And I was having lunch with my agent in New York, and she goes, You finished that damn novel yet? And I went, No, it's not, it's written, but it's not done. Mm. And as a writer, you understand what done means. Done means you're fully satisfied and you don't need to tinker anymore. Um, In life, it's like a good cake maker will do the same thing, Mm. right? Good dressmaker will do the same thing. Good musician will do the same Mm. thing. Um, And I said, She goes, Anything else? I said, I've got this compilation I've put together. And she looked and she goes, Wow, I love it. She goes, I'll make an introduction this afternoon. Oh. The next day um, I had some meetings, signed a contract, and we got the book out and it's, you know, it's out on Amazon, Booktopia. You can get it at um, uh, the Australian book websites as well mm-hmm. as the US. Um, and last month I was very excited to see that it was um, mentioned in the New York Times uh, um, books for 2018 that uh, people should read. Um. Yeah, so it's... um, Well,
0: bloody
1: done. Yeah, so my motivation behind it was clearing my head. Yes. Um, It was a happy accident.
0: Yes, (laughs) and I guess the process was...
1: The process was life-changing. Yeah. Life-changing the resilience of being told no over 150 times. Yeah. No, yep. um, being called an idiot multiple times, and not falling back into the pattern that I had when that teacher yes. had told me that I was believing an idiot it. and believing it, mm-hmm. not believing it. Um, and I still write every single day, oh, and I write because I love writing, not because I have to write. No. If you have to write and say I'm going to write every day, well, that's like going to the gym, and it's,
0: yeah, you know, we it's not
1: so. full of joy. It's
0: not full of joy. So, oh,
1: but can I read a little piece out of this?
0: Oh, I would love. Because that, yes, there's
1: one thing, because our listeners have been listening to us um, talking <laughs> and using a lot of words, and <clears throat> so I just thought I'd, I'd, I'd read this one piece out of it, uh, Soulful Reflections, called Just Words. Anyone can say they care. Words, just words. Many fall to their knees to quietly pray, hoping, wishing. Faith, hope, love. Just words, fluffy white clouds, floating in a bright blue sky, meaning required. A picture paints a thousand words, just paint and words. Worried about what to say, what people will think, just words, too afraid. Let's move our words to action, fill the world with kindness and hearty care. Intentions move to action, much more than just words, truth is shown. Giving from the heart, moving words to actions, mean we truly care. Words are no longer just words. Words become our words and our truth. Our words become our bond and strength to our humanity.
0: Thank you. That is the first reading we have had. On the podcast. Wow. So thank you. I
1: love getting a little first.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: no matter how old we are. Amazing. Um, Amazing. But the importance, importance mm. there is, you know, in a relationship, mm-hmm. people can say, I love you, I care. Mm. But are there actions demonstrating that? Yes. You know, are people who go, hey, just give me a call. Are you feeling down? Give me a mm. call. Do, Do they really, they want, really, really want you to call? Mm. So think about it, listeners, in the way that we... You know, what people say and I always get disappointed because I actually hold people to their words mm. and unfortunately in my life I've learned that people say a lot of shit yeah. and never follow through yes. or very rarely follow through. Yeah. But at the end of the day, in a world of Instagram, Facebook, thousands and thousands of mm. likes and um, internet friends, I'd say to you, you can count your true friends on one hand yes. and if you number them between one Three, four, or five—you are a very, very fortunate human being because those friends will be the friends that will be there when the shit hits the fan.
0: Yes.
1: No questions. They will always be there. Okay. Now, remember, I told you when we lost everything, mm. <clears throat> um, my—I uh, was—I was at home, and um, the bank had recalled everything, and there was a certain amount of money. Um, at the time, I think it was twenty five thousand dollars that they required. Um, it was a Sunday and the Monday they required it; otherwise, it was would go to a whole novel, another level of shit. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I was at home. One of my best mates came around. We we're having coffee, and he goes, "Mate, what's the matter with you? What's mm-hmm. on your mind?" I said, "No, nothing, nothing, nothing." You know, mm-hmm. trying to deflect, right? Yeah. Nothing. And he goes, no, "No, no, no, what's what's wrong, mate?" He said, "I've known you. I've known you for forever." And he said, something's on your mind. What is it? What is it? I said, no, seriously? It's nothing. It's OK. I'm OK. Yeah. I'm fine. It's going to be OK. Do you want sugar, milk? What? You know? What? <laughs> so we went on and bandied around. He goes, no, listen. He said, stop it. He said, something's wrong. A good friend will always know yes. and they will they will push it. And in the end, um, I said to him, mate, I said, look, I said, I've got to need $25,000 tomorrow. Otherwise the next ramifications come across which aren't really pretty for my family yeah. and us. Um, and we would have been um, nah. homeless. Yeah and that's one of the reasons why I started the because yeah. I know what it's like. Yeah. And he said, um, he said, mate, he said, Oh fuck, it's only money. Oh my God. He said, I thought my best mate had cancer and was dying. Oh my God.
0: Yeah. He
1: said, it's just money, mate. That's that's it. Anyway, and I said, mate, yeah, but, but it's twenty five damn, it's twenty five and he goes, Oh fuck, you know. Anyway, he, he stormed out of the room, went out to his car and this is <coughs> when they had checkbooks, and yeah. he wrote a check and he came back and he goes, Well there's the fucking money. Don't worry about it. He said, When you get back on your feet, yeah. just pay me back. He said, I don't care if it's a a, a year or ten years or the rest yeah. of your life, doesn't yeah. matter. He said, But I've got my mate. He said, I thought I was gonna lose my mate. And he said, It's just money. And, and you know, f- thankfully that sort of stemmed the flow for a little yeah. while and um, there was still a lot more pain to go through. But yeah, okay. as an example of friendship, true friendship on one hand, that's, that's true friendship. Right. And, and I was being able to bless to... to um, last year I was able to, after 20 years of making sure all the other things were paid, mm. my, I was able to give my mate a cheque for uh, oh. the money that he'd lent me yeah. and he goes, What's this? And he said, it's the money that you lent me all those I years ago. That. And he goes, oh, he sort of forgotten all about that. <laughs> I said, but I didn't. You didn't. I honoured that. Yep. And you know what? That's what friendship's about. It's not the money, it's the care. No. He thought he was going to lose his best mate. Yeah, that's it. You know? And in the
0: end, the money wasn't something that he was thinking about. No.
1: And could he afford it at the time? No, he couldn't. No. But you know what?
0: Did it anyway.
1: Did it anyway. Oh, what a good guy.
0: So that's a, he's a
1: great guy. He's best mate. That. I love that. Best mate. All
0: right, so we're coming towards the end Of the Mm -hmm. podcast. So in summary, I know we kind of touched on this a bit before about the joy that your job brings you and whatnot, but I always like to ask, you know, how do you love the shit out of the topic? And the topic is wellness and what you Mm -hmm. do for a living. If you could sum up how you love the shit out of what you do.
1: Simply, loving the shit out of everything I do is bringing the best of me to what I do every single day to put me, my patients' interests first Mm. and foremost and give service with love, care, um, respect, um, consistency, bring my joy Mm -hmm. to help them and uh, generally try to be a good person. Um, You know, good but not boring. Mm. Definitely boring, I don't think. My wife might say differently, but anyway. (laughs) Um, um, But to to be a good person. So that's what I... And and I give lots of hugs. Yeah. And I cry with people. And I just try to show people that it is possible. Everything is possible if we have a will and a determination and a never-give-up attitude. Mm. That's how I live the shit out of wellness and my life. And as I said, I hope that I have a long... Um, productive life and uh, yeah and uh, I'll make the most of it while I've got every breath
0: yeah beautiful Um, so the final question is just you can mention anything that's we've kind of already touched Mm -hmm. on today but what are some other things that you love shit out of Any hobbies, family well
1: do you know what, my my family
0: yeah Yeah.
1: Um, my family, I love the shit out of them I've got a uh, incredible partner and wife, um, resilient, uh, loving, forgiving, um, never dull, never boring, um, challenging, yes, um, but then again, we're both as stubborn as all get out, so neither one of us would ever, you know, say that's enough's enough. Um, my four children, um, Oscar, Molly, Daisy and Hugo, um, and our dog Henry, um, all part of you know, I, I just... I, I, I revel in being a father. Mm. I love to help my children become the best they can be. Um, we're very real with them. Um, and I like to try and pass my wisdom on to them. Um, I used to love the shit out of uh, motor racing. I don't know how to fix any car. I'm hopeless that way. <laughs> but I could definitely drive incredibly well. I loved motor racing. I raced for 14 years. Wow. Um, loved that. I loved flying planes and aerobatic planes. Um, and those two things probably brought incredible joy as hobbies. Um, both, unfortunately, were very expensive and yes. with four kids um, it makes it impossible. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but, you know, I closed my eyes and, and I, I still have as much fun today as I did when I did all that because you can bring any, mm-hmm. any joy to you at any moment, anywhere in your life... If you close your eyes and you remember the good times, the good holidays. And the other thing is I love the shit out of my American mum and dad and family. My, well, there was an exchange student now. Um, so that's been uh, 40 years now, uh, 41 years actually. Um, they are uh, my mum and dad. They filled in gaps that my mum and dad, um, mm-hmm. because through their generational upbringing, didn't have. Um, my uh, They... They filled the beautiful gaps in. They were supportive. They are loving. They are caring. Uh, my American siblings, the four of them are incredible human beings and they accept me as their brother, not the exchange student. Um, my nieces and nephews over there and grandnieces and nephews are all, oh, my god, Uncle Phil's coming over. My, my American niece is coming out, one of them, and her husband's coming out to visit um, on Monday oh, for a few days, um, which is great, and I'm going over to to one of the one of my other nieces' weddings in February. Um, I love the shit out of them, and I love the shit out of life, my family, and my tribe of fellow fellow journey men and women mm. um, who are on a journey of self discovery. So Amazing. yeah,
0: well, I don't think this is the only time I'm ever going to get you on this podcast. I think we might need a fill. Phil- Doctor Phil episode every season. <laughs> I think so. I think so. I'd be welcome. Um, or to I think you book. should just have your own podcast as well. Or
1: <laughs> well, um, maybe do something together, yeah, Sally Ann. Yeah, I think. I think collaboration on that. I think oh, we've both got something very yeah. special to gift. Oh, gift you. humans.
0: Well, thank you for sharing so much with us today, mm. and um, you know, good luck with you know your writing. I'm sure there'll be another book.
1: Yeah, there's on another one. another book coming out Amazing. next year. Amazing. It's on on soulful loving.
0: Can't wait. Mm. Well, thank you again.
1: My pleasure. Thanks very much.
0: Thank you for loving the shit out of life with me. Don't forget to like the How to Love the Shit Out of Life Facebook page and follow us on Instagram. And if you don't already have a copy of How to Love the Shit Out of Life, the book, you can purchase it now through most major bookstores. Till next time.